Welcome back to the Wild at Heart podcast here in the week of April 3rd. I'm John Eldridge, and if you are new to us, we have a practice that we've adopted over the years and really jumped into full-time here of pausing at the beginning of the show each week to let things go, to catch our breath, to center ourselves in God, to let go of the crazy and the madness of the world. Because more than good teaching, more than rich storytelling, we need God. And so we all pause at the start of the podcast right now with the beautiful music to help us give everyone and everything to Jesus and just come back to yourself and come back to him in this moment. Jesus, we do give everyone and everything to you. My world, my work, relationships, all things now, the news. And I ask you for union and I pray for oneness with you. Breathe your life into me right here in this moment. And come and meet us all in this week's podcast. Amen. Well, Alan, here we are in the fifth and final installment in the Sacred Romance series. I've been getting some lovely texts and emails from people, just friends of mine out there in the world saying how much they've been enjoying it. I have too. I got one this morning, in fact, right before we came in from somebody I haven't talked to in quite a while. And he was just saying, thank you for reminding him mm. of the sacred romance. And and even though he knew it, it hadn't been something that he had really felt or acted on in a long time. And this podcast was a wake-up series for him. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about haven't felt it in a long time this week. But speaking of thank you, before we get into the show this week, thank you, everybody who support us. Um, we are a crowdfunded nonprofit And most of our support, most of our funds come in through our friends and listeners. And so thank you, everybody. Thanks for being our supporters here in the spring. And just a reminder that you can give on the app, the Wild at Heart app, or you can give online at wildatheart.org. Don't go to wildatheart.com. Because you're going to find a flower shop in England. <laughs> which, which you might want to order some flowers for somebody. Well, but, for someone in England, I right. suppose. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we tried. We, uh, <laughs> that's a funny story. We, we tried to buy wildatheart.com away from them, and they were not interested in selling. So <laughs> nope. uh, we are wildatheart.org, uh, which is fine, because that's usually the indication of a nonprofit anyway. So, But John, what you're naming is, I do invite people to consider giving now, because not only is this a ministry of the heart, but it's something that we do year-round, 24-7 for people through podcasts, through teachings, through your books, through all sorts of things. So it's great at the year-end when we get donations, but we're doing this every day of the year. And so gifts at this time of year are really helpful. 
and it is going out all over the world. Yes. All over the world. Beautiful, beautiful stories of the rescue of the heart, which is what this series in particular has been about. Um, if you've been to our website recently, you've seen the, the beautiful banner, which says, the world is at war, the human heart is the prize. Come get your heart back. Yes. We just decided to put that out there as sort of fly our flag. Yes. You live in a love story, friends, but it is set in a world at war. And there are so many reasons and pressures, especially in an hour like this one here at the end of the age, to give up on the life of the heart, whether it's disappointments, hurts, heartaches, boredom, numbness, just the same old drill. Right. Just to, uh, the temptation is just withdraw, play it safe, hunker down, and just try to weather the storm. But but that's not living from the heart. And God invites us to so much more. Yeah, it's chaotic. Yes, the world is at war. Yes, we have an enemy. And that's the minor theme, as mm. you keep saying. Mm. We live in a love story, and we can't be part of a love story if our heart has gone numb. And it's all the more reason to protect the heart. Yes. Because the temptation is for the heart to withdraw, shut down, go underground, you know, be like a clam right. and just <laughs> close the shell. Yeah, yeah. Close the shell and and weather the storm. But the heart actually won't endure that for very long. I mean, Craig used to use a, a line from Maurice Roberts that the heart will go silently in search of other lovers. And so last week, we had Craig on uh, from that beautiful talk he gave during the Sacred Romance Conferences on less wild lovers. Yes. What, what did that What did oh. that expose for you? <laughs> it exposed, well, first of all, I loved his honesty and his humor where, I mean, I could just see him at the vending machine, <laughs> trying to get that bag of chips out. <laughs> and then even when God wasn't allowing that to happen, him running back to the room to get more quarters, yes. like that describes me. I think it describes all of us so well. Like we relentlessly look for other comforters, counterfeit lovers, ways to, to just get by. And yeah, John, as, as I listened to Craig, it, I mean, it just reminded me in my own life of how many times I will seek the shortcut for relief. I'll look to something, and the something may be, I mean, I have a favorite Mexican restaurant in town, and anybody that knows me, if they say, hey, let's meet somewhere, they know that's where I'm going to suggest. I'm going to try to get us there. And the setting, the atmosphere, the, the sensory elements, the smells— the margarita, the fajitas, the sizzling, like all of that. The margarita. And, and the margarita. Did we mention the margarita? And, yeah. Did I mention that? Um, but it is a comforting place to me where I feel relief from the world. And I'm not not just through a margarita, but through the whole experience. It's from boyhood. That kind of setting has brought me life. And yet, I've noticed recently it's 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 a small story version of life that lasts maybe an hour and a half while we're there 
but it's not meant to satisfy my soul in any deep way. And so Craig's message, what it was exposing to me is, what are all the little ways I look for just a taste of life? And ultimately, none of them last more than a few minutes, mm. a few hours. Mm. And John, I think what I've wrestled with since I heard Craig's message again is, I know that, and yet something in me still is disappointed when it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like if, I na- if I'm naming honestly what I feel, it's, ah, oh, it still didn't work mm-hmm. or it wasn't enough. And so I have to take that to God because otherwise I just try to shift to the next thing. Or enough of those experiences of, dang, it didn't work, and then you, your, heart, your heart shuts down, right? right? Then you just go to numbness, busyness. Right. Let's just go to work. Let's just get things done, you know. Start believing that nothing can fill it, that it, emptiness exactly, instead of God. Exactly. I want to have a little treat um, for our listeners this week. I want to play some portions of a song that my sweet friend, Julie, sent me this week. And it was one of those texts mm-hmm. of, hey, enjoying the series so much. Yes. Have you heard this song? And it was lovely in two ways. One, because she really got swept up in the sacred romance right as we were beginning to teach on it. So this mm-hmm. is you know years and years uh-huh. ago, and she was a young woman, and it really captured and released her heart. And so it was really sweet to think back on those days and go, oh yeah, we were all we were all caught up in something really beautiful as God began. Yes. As he began to do this. And then the song itself that she sent was is also really beautiful. This is Pat Barrett's song, Sales, in which he He begins the song by saying, falling is easy, staying in love is hard. And and that's certainly on a human level, and I think people can really relate to that in in marriages. But but he's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the love affair. And it's like falling in love is easy. Falling is easy. Staying in love is hard, hard to be honest, and to keep our heart open. Yes. This that's the that's the hard thing in a, in a world at war. Um, and then uh, Stephanie Gretzinger comes in and picks up uh, with, I'm finally seeing you were here all along. Your love wasn't absent. It doesn't come or go. So I want to play this section of the song for our listeners, and then let's, let's react to it. Falling is easy. Staying in love is hard Hard to be honest We keep our heart open To be who we truly are Without the excuses Without the facade There's no pretending Hearing your love, oh Lord, set me free. Oh Lord, set me free. 
such a beautiful song to begin with and it is putting words to things it's like right okay keeping our heart open is a hard thing mm-hmm. but but to see god you have been here all along yeah. you don't come and go and one of the one of the really beautiful truths that that the sacred romance reveals is that god has been wooing our hearts all along, ever since we were children. Yes. Coming back to that, realizing, okay, I may not have felt you recently. The romance may not be present to me right now in ways that I'm experiencing it, but I can begin with, I need to keep my heart open. And your love, your love doesn't come and go. Yeah, those lyrics, John, are just so right on or what to me is something I need to remember daily. You know, the, the the two lines that stood out to me the most were falling is easy, staying in love is hard. And it it reminds me that the infatuation stage feels really good and, and is and is fun and is it, it is wild and it is beautiful. But with Jesus, I do find I do need to focus more in my own life on. How do I stay in the romance, not just experience bits and pieces that feel good and then move on? Exactly. But bask in it, stay in it. Exactly. Because God will do something. He is a wild lover. He is wild. Mm -hmm. And that's why the less wild lovers feel more attractive to us at times because we can control them. What God will do in his wildness is he will come, he will woo, and then he will retreat, not from us. Not from us, but the experience retreats a little bit. And we think, oh, see, you know, I, I've blown it or he's mm-hmm. not with me or something. Where what he is doing is wooing us further in. Come, follow me. If you feel God like beginning to what feels like retreat or play hide and seek, follow him, chase him. This will happen to me in times of prayer. Um, I will be in a deep time of kind of what we do at the top of the of the podcast each week. I'll be in a deep time of centering prayer, releasing all things, turning inward, communing with the God who now lives within us yes. because Christ now dwells within these temples here. And then he will he will go deeper. Like his presence, I can feel him going, now come deeper. And if I don't follow, it does feel like he left. It feels like, oh, well, you know, that's the end of our time together. Where in fact, what he's doing is wooing us and drawing us away from the world, away from our less wild lovers and deeper into him. Interesting. Which, yes. is, which is why I love, we're going to play another piece of the song now, because then he comes to, what do you do? And and Pat sings, and then and then Amanda Cook and Stephanie come in on this of, I let out the sails of my heart. Here I am, here you are. I let out the sails of my heart. In other words, I'm going to open that clam up 
I'm going to come back to be present to my own heart with you, God. I'm going to open my heart up to you, recognizing that your presence is here. Will I live from the heart? Will I open up my heart once again to God? Yeah, it reminds me back in our first podcast in this series, we were talking about this story an ally had shared about dropping his oars and raising the sail. And the expectancy of the wind of the Spirit, I, I want that to lead me not my own self-effort, not my own thoughts of where I should go, what I should do, that that God maybe won't show up, so I'll I'll take the lead. And this is such an invitation into expectancy yes. of, of God taking us somewhere, as you said, deeper and wilder. If it doesn't feel risky, you're probably not living from the heart. If it doesn't feel out there at times, you're probably not living Christianity as it was meant to be lived. And so what I want to do with the close of the series here this week, with the invitation to let out the sails of your heart, is is how do we recover the romance? How, How do we pick up the trail again and follow the wild one where he's going? And I just want to give some different thoughts, some different possibilities of that. Let's just visit some different ideas that might Mm -hmm. help folks. The first one is go back to where you last had it. Go back to when, when you last were experiencing intimacy with God, when when your heart felt alive, when you felt that he was bringing something into your life, even if it's literally going through your photos on your phone. And you may have to go back a few years, but find those places and those moments. Go, oh, that birthday party, that dinner, or that time at the beach, or I remember the first snowfall of the year. And I remember standing in the window and there was just something so winsome about it all. Like, go back and pick up the trail. And Jesus did this in a really winsome way for Stacy and I several weeks ago now, uh, the movie, The Jesus Revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went and saw it when it first came out. And it's good. We recommend it, everybody, if you haven't seen it. 
But that is actually a piece of our story. Stacy and I came to Christ out of that revival in Southern California. I mean, we were there. We were hippies. We were dropping acid. The whole story of the film, like it's almost like our story. And she was the pretty blonde, and I was the lost guy. And and um, but Craig and Lori, Bart and Tana, there were so many uh, uh, out of this ministry. Actually, was born out of that revival. Watching that movie was so filled with nostalgia for us that it it was like it was like Jesus saying remember remember guys remember what that first love was like and what those early early weeks and months of 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 finding Jesus and being found by him yes and the bible studies we would go to and yeah it was it was a really winsome way of of Jesus reminding me Oh my gosh, like you have been in my story, Lord. All these years you have been in my story and it That's it brought beautiful. me back. Yeah. Yeah, and and when you want to recover the romance, looking back, remembering, also I think looking at what in our lives is creating a deep sense of longing mm-hmm. or emotion, you know, the tears when you're listening to a song, when you're watching a movie. And John, you have been great at helping me see over the years, like, don't just let that be, oh, wow, that was a powerful scene or, whoa, that was a, man, that was a great lyric. But to actually pause and go, but what's the deeper thing that God is, God, that you're stirring in my heart right now? Why does this stir me? Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. Like even just to tune in and go, why am I so deeply moved right now? Right. Yes. And then let God take us deeper into those places where he can fill those needs far beyond the movie or the song or whatever the the thing we're seeing or experiencing can. John, in the sacred romance, there's a chapter that we didn't talk about for much length in this series, but I just wanted to, to read from it for a few minutes. It's called Desert Communion. And I'm just going to read a couple of paragraphs from this Please. chapter. Please, yeah. Because it's so important with what we're talking about. Brent wrote this chapter. Uh This is from Brent. And so I'm just going to begin here. It is his voice, God's voice, that is whispered to us about a sacred romance. What do you hear when you listen for that gentle, quiet voice? What I so often hear or feel is a restlessness, a distractedness where it seems that dozens, if not hundreds, of disconnected or scattered thoughts vie for my attention. Bits and pieces of my smaller story and sometimes major edifices flash onto the screen. What other people think of me and what I need to do to win them, anger, ego, lust, and simply blankness of spirit all take turns occupying my heart. Indeed, when I first listen to my heart, what I often hear is the language and clatter of my old lovers and not much else. There seems to be no stillness or rest. If I try to hold still, my soul reacts like a feather in the afternoon breeze, flitting from one place to another without purpose or direction. I almost seem invisible in the noise or blankness. Theologians refer to this condition as ontological lightness, the reality that when I stop doing and simply listen to my heart, I'm not anchored to anything substantive. I become aware that my very identity is synonymous with activity. And he goes on to describe how our whole culture 
is infected with this that we get anchored to our performance and out of our performance comes identities and then we start to look to them and worship them and as soon as we stop performing out of those identities we feel like we disappear and john it was just this invitation in this chapter of desert communion to rest to pause for a stillness with god and i love how he describes it as a gentle quietness like it's it's not flashy it's not loud it's not going to compete god is not going to compete with the noise of the world and so we have to get to a place where we can pause get off the grid a little bit even in our daily life to have him romance us to hear it to see it to be aware of it and to be okay with what you first encounter because what Brent was describing there is that what he would often first encounter, what w- most of us, is the restlessness, yes. it is the unease within us, the longing for relief, for Craig's bag of chips, for you know all that. Yes. Like that's okay, that's okay. Stay with it, mm-hmm. stay with it, and and let your heart express itself, and then you will find that beneath that are the true longings of your heart and in the resilient i talk about how everyone has a shallows a midlands and a depths to their being god hangs out in the depths now he's kind he will meet you in the shallows you know he'll be driving down the road and it'll be the bumper sticker in the car in front of you that just speaks (laughs) you're like oh my gosh that was you um he's kind he'll meet us in the shallows he'll meet us in the midlands of our hearts. He'll meet us in the cares and the concerns, but God lives in the depths. And that desert communion invitation is to walk away from the distractions that help medicate us, get quiet, pay attention to the life of the heart. Yes, listen to all that's going on in there. Sometimes it does feel like a carnival. Right. Wait, linger, and let the deeper things of the heart come forward because God will meet us there. Another thing, if I could give another category for recovering the romance, I would say look in the small things. Look in the small things. I remember um, Craig telling a, a beautiful story as he began his battle with cancer. God spoke to him. It was actually down at MD Anderson, his first visit down there. And what God said to him was, Craig, for right now, you're not going to see me in the big things. Look for me in the small things. Wow. Because you're looking for you know, recovery. You're looking for a medical breakthrough. You're looking for a, a miraculous answer to prayer. You know, we want the big yes. things. Yes. I, I need you to bring my son home. I need you to fix my marriage. I need you to heal my body. But God does come in those ways. But mostly in the day-to-day, he's in the little things. It's the way the sunlight's coming through the window in the morning as you sit at the table with a cup of coffee. Yes, It, it is in a song like sales or something that you enjoy that in that moment, you're like, oh, okay, there you are. It's in a text from a friend who just asks, how are you doing? And you realize, oh, it's not just your friend who's asking. Like 
God is asking, hey, how are you doing? Tell me how you're doing. Look for him in the small things, and then I think you'll be able to pick up the trail. That's really good. One last thing I would add is Kelly and I were laughing last night because I, we were talking about the sacred romance. And I said, sweetheart, I think I'm learning to pursue this wholeheartedly. I'm okay from the world's perspective of looking weird and boring. Because, and what I mean by that is, you have to pull off the grid to do what we're talking about. Like it doesn't just happen if you don't pursue it. God's there, but we miss it. We don't engage. Yep. And so while the world is flashy, bright, the next, now, go do this, go experience this, keep moving, keep doing. I told her, I'm just more content than ever and, and more determined than ever to spend more quiet times listening to the breeze outside, experiencing God, asking him questions, having a sense of wonder about what he's up to in my life, in the world, with those I love. Mm. And to do that, it does look a little boring to the world because you're turning down invitations perhaps to go do more. Your calendar becomes more free, your schedule more simple. So it does look kind of weird and boring. And yet it is the life that we long for because it's where we start to feel the romance again with God. A.W. Tozier said, God waits to be wanted. He waits to be wanted. I want to give one more place that people might be able to pick up the romance. What we have discovered over the years is the beauty that Jesus will meet you in your inner life. He will come to you there. And in your inner life, he can bring many, many beautiful things. Stacy and I did a podcast a couple years ago that centered around the idea of going into the garden of your heart yes. to meet with Christ there. And we're going to put that in the show notes because it's not primarily in the external. And I can feel my, I, I can feel it. Like my, I'm convinced if I can go fly fishing this weekend, if I can just get, you know, to the beach yeah. this summer, I, it's, I keep chasing external things. And God is often in those things. But in our day to day and in a world at war, the, the communion had better be frequent. I mean, it can't just be your annual vacation. All right. It's in the garden of your heart. It is in your inner life where he can meet you. And, and honestly, while you were there, we, we had an event a few weeks ago, Alan, with, with some folks where we were doing this together and practicing, experiencing Eden in our hearts. And one of our friends said, oh my gosh, that was the two-week vacation I needed. Wow. Was just that time with God? Like it is and can be that nourishing, healing, and then he can speak. He can speak to your fears. He can speak to your questions. Yes, you have questions about your life. So we're going to put in the show notes yeah. a centering prayer exercise that's really beautiful. Friends, we hope that this series is helping you. We hope that it is wooing, calling, guiding, instructing us all 
back into the love story here in the midst of a world that is in a very, very, very serious war. And for that very reason, you've got to protect the life of your heart. You've got to protect the life of your heart with God and his heart. Yeah. And to stay in this, don't let this journey end when the podcast series ends, friends, but stay in it. And there's a couple of ways. One, if you've never read The Sacred Romance, this is this is the time that we encourage you, like, get the book, listen to the audio, but dive deep into that message from John and from Brent. And if you want to listen to more of John and Brent's teaching, we featured Brent a few weeks ago and Craig last week from another series that happened after that. We're making both of those series available on our website. So just go to wildatheart.org slash sacred romance and you can choose to listen to every session if you want to from the 1997 conference with brent and john or the one a few years later with craig and john and in both of those you've had a taste of but but that's a way to stay in it as well i think the invitation from god is to once again let out the sails of your heart i let out the sails of my heart Here I am.